What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. Here we are again. Uh, ready to talk about sex. As always, ready to talk about it. Uh, but you know what? I'm sure what we're going to... Actually, before we talk about sex or anything else that has to do with anything, let's talk about shows, show dates. So we got a live show coming up in Toronto as a part of Just for Laughs, JFL 42. What's the 42 for? JFL 42 is the brand that they put on the like Just for Laughs comedy festival that they put in Toronto. And the 42, as far as I can tell, is that there's there's all these JFL headliners. So like, you know, your John Mulaney's, your Joe Rogan's, your um, your Hannibal Burris's, like the big heavy hitters of comedians. Mm-hmm. And then the 42 are 42 other comedians that are on the the like festival roster interesting but they're not considered the headliners so like when you buy a jfl 42 pass 
you can you can use your pass to like see one or two headliners and then you can also use that pass to go see a bunch of other like of the 42 okay. the other 42 mm-hmm. and i think you get like upwards of like five or six 42 shows that i think it's something like that i mean i went to it last, i went to it when i went to go see joe rogan at the air canada center okay and that's kind of how it worked i thought maybe it had some sort of like uh uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference or something. Because 42 is the answer. Ah, uh, yes, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. Maybe that's where they got the number. It seems pretty arbitrary. It does. 42. So anyway, we're basically like one of the 42. That's really exciting, babe. I know. Isn't that neat? Yeah. I think technically we're a part of Comedy Con, which is like a side. Part of the yeah. 74. <laughs> yeah, sure. That comes right. after the that's 42. Right. That's right. So it's a flow chart. Uh, it's happening uh, on the 29th. That is a Sunday in Toronto. And if you want tickets, go to termionpodcast.com slash shows. There's tickets on there for uh, a week later. We're going to be in Ottawa doing a show at Algonquin College. Whoop, whoop. So whoop, all the whoop. tickets are available. They're for sale. You can buy them. Go get them. We can't wait to see you all in both. I love doing cities. live shows. Me too. It's really... Um, quite it gives me butterflies yeah yeah me too does it um you know what else i love what fucking storms that was a great hurricane we just had it was a great hurricane that this is true it was uh, i mean it was a class two we haven't had a class two hurricane here in nova scotia since hurricane one and uh it fucked this it fucked the city up a bit i mean you know we're not the bahamas no definitely not uh God help all those people that yeah. they got fucking rocked. Nailed. Although we had some, you know. We had some damage. Yeah. Yeah. PEI too, which is really strange. I Like even in the area that I grew up in, which is not anywhere near the coast. I mean, it's an island. It's all near the coast, but we're pretty inland. And um, I, none of the old timers from my community have ever seen anything like it. Trees ripped out all over the properties where my family lives. Becca's place, Becca's street was, uh, so when we woke up the next day, her street is called Klein Street, and that's where I stayed for the storm, and uh, we ended up doing a whole bunch of LSD. That's Uh, how you were doing sparklers in the back (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it. So funny. Uh, And so it was really fun, but we also realized how much damage was happening to her street, uh, because it was really- It's all your fault for doing LSD. That's it. It, witches don't you dare shame me um and so we looked out and like around midnight these city workers were walking through the street with these huge super heavy duty flashlights and i pop out and i was like hey fellas like um what's it like out there <laughs> like like the world and they the guy looked up and he goes this street is the worst street in halifax for for sure <laughs> we woke up the next morning at like 9 30 10 a.m and it was beautiful out. Yeah. Sun's shining, and our our Becca's house was like a fucking fishbowl. Mm. You look out, and there's all these people, all just taking photos and like snapping shots because it it was like a tourist destination because the street was so dramatically demolished. Demolished, like it was so wild. And then, uh, but it was fucked because there was all these power lines down, and I went out to ask the the arborist like tree guys i was like hey can i like get my car out of here if i lift some of these wires and the guy was like these people shouldn't even be walking here man we're waiting for nova scotia power to let us know whether or not 
we can go in here. Right. These might, some of these might be live wires. And I was like, holy fuck. There's like people with their kids and their dogs. And they're all like, they're just walking Klein Street, checking out all the damage. And <laughs> I wonder how many people uh, incurred damage just due to stupidity of some kind. Uh, we drove by a place. Well, a fucking crane fell. Yeah. An entire crane fell on a building. I know. Who's going to, what's going to happen? Someone got fired for yeah. that. They should have took that down. Yeah. We, dro- we drove by a place just after a tree had fallen and crashed through someone's window. And we pulled over and we were like, guy was out on his lawn. Like, what is happening? And uh, we drove by and he was like, yeah, just happened. I put this window in two weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, so oh. we hopped out and tried to tried to help him saw the branch off so that he could board up his window and not be subjected to the rain and the wind uh, for the rest of the hurricane. This was just at the top of the hurricane. Yeah. And uh, but then the tree seemed like it wasn't done falling. So we just we bailed because I didn't want it to fall on us while we were trying to saw it down. It's very smart. It, 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 we are very lucky that there was no deaths and no injuries reported Th- yeah. for that uh, that storm. Well, so, so that happened. I that bet was some a, babies were made. Well, I was also going to say <laughs> that um, it made me having sex during the storm because it got really cold. Like mm. that night got pretty cold. Yeah. And uh, and then like the next day I took a shower, but like a cold shower. And uh, and uh, if people don't know. I do not do cold showers like that is it is my bones don't handle it. My skinny little body can't do it. Why did you do it? Because I just felt dirty uh. and I needed to clean. I need to I need to shower. I can't fucking start my day without a shower unless I'm like unless I know I'm like in if I'm at like a festival or like Look I'm in the fucking my woods. Legs are. That's a, that's fine. Yeah, hairy legs doesn't that's not dirty. That's true. They're so weird. They're just pointing all off in different directions. Very hairy. You're competing with me. Why are they like that? Jesus Christ. Why are my hair so sparse? I don't know. They're not on the back of my calf, just on the front of my shin. Anyway, I come out of the shower and I'm freezing cold. And I had two options. Becca was in bed, like, still asleep. Yeah. And the car was outside. And I've been using the car to do my mask. So I was like, I got seat heaters in that motherfucker. Like, I can jack the heat up so quick. Makes sense. But I hopped into bed first, and that was really warm, and then started having sex. Which is even warmer. And that got really warm, and I was thinking, it like, has that been, like, have, have we been doing that for eons? Having sex after us to keep warm? Yeah, just being like, we're fucking freezing here, let's have <laughs> sex to warm up. You know, like, like, do you ever think of, do you ever think of what you do if you're in a plane, like a small, like Cessna? you and eight other people and it crashed in the, the mountains and there's no way off the mountain. It's just like, there's a blizzard and like, how are you going to survive? I've never thought about sexing to keep warm. Well, I would just be kind of concerned about how to keep my toes and fingers <coughs> warm. Um, because stick them in a vagina. Yeah. Put them in your own asshole. Yeah. They say armpit, but sure. I mean, is an armpit warmer than the inside of my asshole? <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Google it. Oh, no. You know what they Is say. My armpit. It's always summer in your armpit. Warmer than the inside of my <laughs> asshole. 
Let's see. Rectal temperature is 0. 0.3 degrees Celsius and 0. 0.5 degrees Fahrenheit to 0. 0.6 degrees Celsius to 1 per degree Fahrenheit higher than an oral temperature. Higher than your mouth. So your rectal temperature is hotter than your mouth. Yeah. Now an ear temperature is 0.3. Uh, let's just do Celsius. All right. If you're in the States, we love you, but fucking... You the get, numbers work the same. It doesn't lower, make sense, you guys. Lower, higher. Uh, so 0.3 degrees to 0.6 degrees higher than oral. Okay, so the ear is even higher. Ear is warmer than oral, but uh, not rectal. All right, here we go. An armpit is usually 0.3 to 0.6 lower than an oral temperature. So your asshole is hotter than your armpit. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. All right, I'll, your I'll, mouth I'll you again. is cooler than your butt. Your mouth is cooler than your butt. But your armpit is cooler than your mouth. Yes. But how much cooler is it than from your armpit? From your, your, butt? Ar your armpit is as, as much cooler than your mouth as your asshole is as much hotter than your mouth. <laughs> I don't think. It, yeah. Okay, look. A rectal temp So this is ass to mouth. Just, just All right, ATM. <laughs> Rectal temperature is 0 0.3 to 0 0.6 degrees higher than a mouth. Okay. All right. An armpit is 0 0.3 to 0 0.6 lower than a mouth. So the butt and the armpit are the same. No. No, 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 no. The a lower temperature. So a lower temperature would be cooler. Yes. So an armpit is 0.3 to 0.6 cooler than the mouth. Yeah. A, a butthole is 0.3 to 0.6 hotter than a mouth. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. So you hear what I'm saying? Your yeah. butthole is as... Is twice as twice hot... As your armpit. <laughs> yeah. There you have, folks. So if you're out there <laughs> and you're cold and you're listening to this podcast, shove the cold things into a the closest butthole. <laughs> How long does a body stay warm internally after it's died? <laughs> Okay, this is changing, <laughs> changing paths. How, well, I'm just wondering. How long, are you talking about like fucking a dead body? That, not fucking, putting my feet and hands inside a warm body cavity. How, all right, so for how, survival. How long, how long does internal body temperature last for dead people? <laughs> God, how, I'm gonna get put on some. Fucking how long list. does it take a body to cool after it dies? <laughs> Uh, almost certainly death will, uh, wait, no, this is, this is basically, uh, say that again. That's a, that's a better way of looking it up. Uh, how long does it take a body to cool after it dies? Yeah. How long for a body to cool after death? <laughs> it takes around 12 hours for a human body to be cool to the touch and 24 hours to be cool to the core. Oh. Rigor mortis, it, it commences after three hours and lasts until 36 hours after death. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you got to get, so you you get 12 hours of, you, of, but, you, of hot butthole. But if you put your foot or feet inside someone's butthole. You're releasing a lot of that. As soon as they die. Yeah, you're letting And that. then three hours later, rigor mortis set in. You're stuck in that butthole until 48 hours later. Yeah, yeah. 100%, that, 100% that's how that works. Does it just lock you inside? Locked in. <laughs> like a finger trap? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad we figured that out. That's why you should never be fucking dead bodies, because well, you don't you don't want your your uh, your peener to be st stuck in there for too long. Also, I think I, I also think there's uh, some really badass um, 
diseases you can get from I'm fucking sure. dead bodies. So I'm sure, even if there are no STIs to be concerned about. No, there's definitely like there's definitely some STI specific Is STIs it like for fucking eating dead bad bodies. meat. Like you get like salmonella. Well, what can uh, you? <laughs> let's look it up. What can you catch from having sex with a dead body? What STI can you get from necro? Oh my god. What is this? I'm going to get kicked off the internet. It's called trichomoniasis. Trico- tri- oh yeah. Tri- trichomoniasis caused by trichomoniasis vaginalis. It's a yeast infection. It's the most common it's... parasitic STD. Parasitic. Yeah. Infection with this organism typically results in signs and symptoms of vaginitis. Um, Hold on, though. I mean, does this is this coming from? It's like. Can you catch a disease from a corpse? From a corpse. <laughs> can you catch a disease from a corpse? You definitely can. Uh, apparently, there's an STD you can only get from having sex with dead people. Does anyone know what it is? Uh, <laughs> I love like fucking Yahoo answers. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, no one's. Everyone's just like, "Is this a joke? Don't ask this question." What you? <laughs> How we need to be able to ask questions, folks. I know. Anyway, whatever. People are saying it's chlamydia, but I, I think there's more than that. Chlamydia. Yeah. Hey, you know, make, maybe next time we have James Cantor on, and uh, we we want to have another really fucking uh, of- offensive and and uh, and heated slash controversial episode we can talk about what uh the problems with fucking dead people anyway. yeah um how can i how am i sure the real mom of my kid i just had a baby and it looks more like the man i had my baby with it doesn't look like me at all and i'm scared he was cheating on me with another lady and i had her kid this child is the best <laughs> thing that has ever happened to me and i can't imagine giving my baby to the real mom how do I know? Wait, is this a, wait, wait, wait. Is this a Yahoo Answers? Yeah. Oh, the poor thing. I know. There's so many of them. Yeah. I want to have ear sex. How can it be done? Yeah. Just. I've been dating my psychologist and he likes to hear my thoughts, but I'd like him to hear my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what has this show turned into? Oh, God. How do I retract my... <laughs> How do I retract my penis? But P, the E in penis is replaced with a star because it's a swear word. We should. Uh, Hi, I'm 11 and I want to know how to retract my penis. How to recharge my penis. <laughs> retract. Oh, retract. Oh, oh, poor little guy probably has phimosis. Oh. Well, little buddy, you go out there, you get circumcised and you'll be, you'll be gleeful as heck. Can your baby get pregnant if you have sex while you're pregnant? <coughs> I'm sorry. Did you just say what I think you said? Yeah. Can your baby get pregnant if you have sex while you're pregnant with your baby? Have Okay. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. Have you ever had a question so absurd? I, you know, they're like, there's no such thing as a dumb question. That's a fucking dumb question. My boyfriend ever... threw a condom of his sperms from a car into the road. Can any girl get pregnant from it? That's it. I mean, that's not that dumb of a question. No, no. What's the what's the dumb do you do you know what the dumbest question that you've, I've ever yeah been asked? yeah yeah that you've ever like thought of or or asked? that I've ever asked yeah oh god um I don't remember 
I remember getting like really shamed and embarrassed when um, someone asked me what a condom was. We'd we had been at a, like a birthday party. We were probably like eight, and this we had watched the movie Kids or something. Fuck that it, movie's so good. It was like the older sister of my friend was like, "Let's watch Kids," and it it was really fucked up. Oh, it's and so fucked. Later on, my friend was like, what's a condom? And I was like, you don't know what a condom is? And her mom walked into the room right when I said that. And she was like, no, she doesn't. And neither should you. So let's just all. Oh. Let's just all. Anyway, that made me feel really dumb. But it wasn't a dumb question that I asked. But I still thought that. What about you? Uh, I can't really think of one. I mean, I, I'm every fucking day of my life. I'm asking dumb questions, I think. Um, although there was that one time that I believe that if you if you cross your eyes and the wind changed direction that your eyes would stay that way. Yeah. But I believe that until I was 16. Yeah. And I had someone's dad, um, tell me that it wasn't true mm-hmm. by laughing at me and asking me, how long did you believe? How long have you believed that for? Mm-hmm. And then shook his head and said, you're such an idiot. Oh, being shamed. So yeah. Good. And now, now I have a uh, self-conscious issues oh. about being stupid. Okay. Here's our brain boner. Okay. Can I tell by the smell of my husband's gas if he has been cheating? What? I know this sounds crazy, but Hubs usually has his own smell. The family always knows when he has passed gas, even if he tries to be funny and blame it on the dog. Lately, he's had to work late a few times, and each time he's come home and his gas has smelled unlike anything I've ever smelled from him. Kind of like maybe he had Thai food or something. He says he's only been at work and not anywhere else, but something is definitely different. Do you think he's cheating? Probably with a Thai woman, if I was to guess. I mean, it's the only answer. It's the only explanation. He's going down on a Thai woman who has BV and uh, swallowing a lot in the middle of it. And then, and also drinking a, um, a bubbly (laughs) and that just, that pushes all the, the BB Thai vaginal flavors down and then this is making me feel so nauseated. Well, babe, there's nothing wrong with BB or Thai people. I don't know what's wrong with you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I got a Dorito stuck in my vagina? Question mark? Question mark? Oh no. Okay, stop reading these. Just fucking just stop. We, but although we got to come back to this, this is a, this is a good idea for a live show segment where we just we just hit the craziest Yahoo answers and try to answer them, try to answer them like we do our brain boners. My girlfriend farted while we were kissing. Should I break up with her? <laughs> yes. Obviously. I don't. I don't think anyone's ever farted while I was kissing them. I have. <laughs> like I, I can't remember when or how, but I for sure have. <laughs> just right there. <laughs> yeah. Just I don't know if the mic I don't know if the mic picked that up, but there was a foghorn that just went off. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. Uh do you want to read a real brain boner? Yeah, okay. All right, let's do it. All right. Hey guys. I love the podcast. You have taught me so much and I'm so thankful for all the work you do. I was hoping to get your thoughts on my situation. I've been with my boyfriend for three years. We get along so well. We have so much fun together. We are so in love. It's truly a wonderful relationship. However, after discovering your podcast and doing some other reading and research, I realized that I'm not sure monogamy monogamy makes sense. I want to experience other people, and I want to get to know multiple people, and I want to have sex with multiple people. I also want to love my partner and support him and build a life with him. 
I had brought this up to him in casual ways, but never seriously. However, I realized that I was becoming more and more serious about this idea. So the other day I sat him down. I took your advice in starting the conversation by reminding him that I love and respect him and that this is a vulnerable and scary thing to talk about. And then I told him how I was feeling. He admitted that he had also put some thought into ethical non-monogamy after realizing it was something I was really considering. However, he told me that after doing his own thinking and reflecting, he's not interested in trying ethical non-monogamy in any sense. He is very introverted, likes routine, and in every aspect of his life, he is very minimalistic. He says all this translates over to his relationships. He doesn't want to meet new people. He wants the routine of only being with me, and having more than one romantic slash sexual relationship doesn't feel minimalistic to him. Another thing I brought up while talking to him is that his sex drive is much, much higher than mine. He is often disappointed in the minimal amount of sex that I want. I told him that he might feel more satisfied if he is, uh, if he is able to get what he needs from elsewhere, but still he's not interested, period. However, he says he completely understands why I do want to try ethical non-monogamy and he respects my interests. We don't want it to be a one-sided thing, so either I have to continue being monogamous with him or we will decide to break up. How do I know what's more important to me? My wonderful, loving relationship or being with other people? I feel like I fall in love all the time. Jeremy, I really related when you said something similar. And I want that to be okay. I want to be able to act on that. I can't imagine breaking up with a person I love more than anything, but it, it feels like I can't be my full self if I stay with him. I'm not really sure what my question is. I just don't know what to do and would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks in advance. Hmm. It's a tough, you know, it's a tough place to be. I think it's one of those things that boils down to like your your priorities and your needs and what's more important than what. Yeah, there are so many things you know? that are not black and white. Yeah, and the and and like the answer there is no answer here aside from the answer is whatever you feel is the thing that you need the most. And so if that thing is, you know, I can't imagine being in a relationship now where I can't feel like I can express myself freely with other people or find a way where that's possible without my partner feeling like, um, you know, they're being cheated on then maybe this isn't the right relationship for you but again i've said this do we not do this question already i mean uh, I've, I've i mean maybe I've, I've said this a fucking thousand times but and i'll say it again um and i'm sure people are tired of hearing it but like you know six years ago if you told me that we'd be where we are now i'd say you're fucking crazy so yeah people do have the ability to shift their thought and and evolve in terms of the way that they see the world um but that takes an a that can't be forced and b for that to happen there needs to be the person who's looking to cultivate the change has to be the one to take the onus on to like make that change happen Mm -hmm. Right. So like if this is like, let's just say hypothetically, um, Guillen here says, all right, I'm going to give it six months from now 
six months to now, at that end of that period of six months, if not a thing has changed and like Guy here hasn't opened his mind into to you know being a little more accepting of the idea of like non-monogamy or like if it's just not gone anywhere then i have to make a decision then and there do i stay or do i leave and like after six months if there is a bit of a shift which six months is not a very long time but if there is a bit of a shift all right well then maybe there's another six months where we see all right well what what happens Uh after a year I've never done that with like a deadline. Like I think that's really smart because I generally am just like, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. And then after a while, I'm like, someone's feeling resentful. And yeah, because nothing has changed if you, exactly. Because if you just go, well, I guess we'll see where it goes. Then you the next thing, you know, your new normal is you, you have, you know, maybe you got sucked into something that you truly don't feel is is you set yourself or true to you. Yeah. And and that's where that resentment comes from. So it's like set a set a time. I, I I I did that with with Becca and I, where it was like, okay, this is something that I need. This is something that she wants to be able to like do with me, but it's new for her. Let's see what happens in six months. Mm-hmm. But in six months, I need to like check back in with myself and go, are is this right for you? But also, is this right for your partner? Mm-hmm. Like, is this unfair for them? Right. Um, Because again, this, and I don't want this to be taken wrong. I don't want this to be taken the the wrong way. I don't mean this in terms of like, uh, I don't mean this in like a a selfish way because it's, it's also, it's also on, on, you know, you have to consider what's happening with the other person as well. Yeah. You're like, are they being forced into something that they don't want? Like if it starts to become something where he starts to go, yeah, all right, fine. No, no, no. Like, let's, let's try this. Let's do this. And five months down the road, it's clear that like the only reason he's saying yes is because he doesn't want, he he doesn't want to lose you. Yeah. And it's fucking hurting him in the long run. That's again, something you need to, you need to look at and go, okay, well, we'll wait, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. That's a good thought. Well, it sounds like you two have a really good had a really good communication about it. Mm-hmm. So it sounds very civil and respectful and loving. I like to hear that. Um, yeah, I agree. I I like what you said, especially that like time period. Uh, the thing is, is like this is a completely different situation. But have you ever been in a relationship where you're like, well, this person might move away or this person might want to um, have babies and I don't want to have babies or whatever. Mm. And you're like, have this real thing in the relationship that's like, well, we have to, these are fundamentally like contradicting desires that we have. Do, do we break up now? Uh, Because something might get, might not work down Mm. the line or or because do we break up now because we will inevitably have to because we want different things? And I don't know the answer to that, but I'd, I'd love to hear from some people who have been in that situation. And, and, and do you just, do you just do it now? Rip the bandaid off and mm. get over each other, even though you could have an amount of time 
together, that's still really great, even though it might not be a relationship that lasts until one of you dies. Yeah. There's something I think about a little bit about relationships. And somebody said the other day, like we put so much priority on romantic relationships as a culture. And, you know, like, do you want this person to be your everything so that you don't have to have other people in your life, other sexual experiences or other intimacies or other closenesses? Or could you have that with them but you could have different boundaries and other relationships where you can there's a kind of intimacy but it's not sex and like how could how you could begin to express those sides of yourself within the partnership that you're in even though Mm -hmm. even though it's not necessarily a part of you that gets to be expressed in the presence of this one other person i don't know these are all just questions i don't i don't think i really have anything helpful to add um well if anyone out there is listening and and has been through this or has thought about this and has some thoughts on it email us let us know turn me on podcast at gmail.com and uh maybe we'll we'll read it out to to kind of give our our friend here some some more advice i feel like it's those these are the kind of situations you just have to sit with and like you know it's so weird when you're trying to figure out a problem And you go into meditation and you're like, okay, don't think about the problem. This is not about problem solving time. This is about just clearing my brain. Mm. This is about just taking deep breaths and not thinking about everything, anything. And then it's in those moments of like when you've actually reached a feeling of like spaciousness and like you're not fixated on the thing Mm -hmm. that the answer just sort of becomes apparent. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of feel it and knowing. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a tricky thing to to sit with these questions and have no right or wrong answer and just have to use your own your own compass. It sounds like whatever happens there, there's a lot of respect and love to base it off of. So even sometimes if you have to part ways for a little bit to express those sides of yourself or explore. Yeah. If you leave a a person in in better than you than you found them. At the end of a relationship or at a pause, you never know what could happen in the future. Who said that? Who's who was it that was saying that? Like I love somebody that. better than you found them. Yeah, is that your sister? I don't think so. I don't know. I can almost see the person's face, but I can't quite make them out in my mind. Someone said that. Yeah, someone smarter than someone us. Someone smarter than us. <laughs> someone cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, I hope that helps in some way. And uh, again, turn me on podcast at gmail.com. If you have your own brain boners or if you want to add to the conversation on anything that you've heard on the podcast, uh, you know. Turn me on podcast at gmail.com. Complaints. You got complaints about uh, guests or something, you know. If you don't have a brain boner. Someone you... someone wrote him was like, someone said they didn't, they, they, I have some fucking comment somewhere. I think it was on, like on Instagram. They're like, I didn't find Dr. T to be very cute. <laughs> I was like. Oh, oh really? Ugh, okay. <laughs> He was cute. He was cute. He's this cute old man. <laughs> this cute I old love laugh. his laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know what you can also send uh, if you if you don't have a question, you can just send videos of dogs. Just I like to have a- any sort of interspecies friendship <laughs> uh, videos or dog videos. You can send those to me too, so I just can add them to my collection. 
Um, all right. Well, let's throw it to this week's episode. Kind of a special one. We have uh, it's it's four of us on a mic. Um, it's Bridie, myself, and. Four. Ivy and Violet. I mean, that might be their fucking names. They didn't even use the fake names that they told us to use because they were using their own names the whole goddamn time. So I had to bleep it, bleep it out constantly. Sorry, friends. Uh, but um, uh, two lovely ladies from uh, way up north, and uh, they we talk about uh, platonic intimacy and uh really deep friendship relationships that off that also dive into intimate sort of territory and i don't know this conversation just made me feel so grateful that people like these two fine humans exist and that those types of relationships can exist because i feel so strongly in cultivating those types of relationships and I wish I had more of them. And uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this as much as we did. Because I loved it. I did too. You will too. We will love it. Uh, don't forget, turnmeonpodcast.com slash shows. Get your tickets to Toronto, Ottawa. We can't wait to see you. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Someone I know. Yeah. You know? That's what it's like up north, like wild game. We're all about it. Getting some like wild moose or caribou exactly. if you're lucky. Or are you gonna share about Yellow Knight? You're not gonna are you gonna talk about up north? Like what's your role what's your limit? I think on? I am. I think I'm gonna I'm after I listened to your guys' last episode, the no shame one, I was like, you know what? Gotta no shame. A, gotta have a little yeah. less shame. What's uh caribou like? Caribou's, it's gamey. I fucking like it. I like it in a fucking stew. But like some folks, they the way that indigenous folks will eat it is like no like no seasoning, just like bare caribou. Yeah. Like raw? No, no, no. No. Okay. Does anyone fuck with like caribou tartare or anything like that? You know, like uh there probably are people that do it. There was actually something really cool I saw. Um seal tartare. Oh yeah. Um there's an indigenous uh chef from Toronto that was up in Yellowknife uh for Long John Jamboree uh winter festival and he like created all of this really delicious gourmet food. Like there was like a seal sausage, there was this seal tart and I never consumed seal before so I was super jazzed. And then he like took like spruce tips and like did like pickled spruce tips, pickled dandelions, like all these gourmet northern foods. Man, you can pickle anything. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I remember when I had pickled mushrooms, mm. pickled fungus. I was like, what the fuck you can pick you can pickle? Yeah, pickled chanterelles. Mm. They were amazing. I need to try this. It was I'm on a big mushroom kick. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. Mushrooms. No, no mushrooms. It's funny because <clears throat> I had this thought about mushrooms yesterday. I haven't been eating them for like the last couple of years. I dabble like occasionally in um in them. I'm not talking about the the which variety. The, I'm I'm talking about like the kitchen variety. Yeah, oh, okay. the kitchen variety. <laughs> Got it. Um, because I 
I was doing a cleanse a few years ago, or I used to do a cleanse like twice a year, um, called the uh, Wild Rose Cleanse, and it's all it's a candida cleanse, so getting rid of yeast in your body, and apparently yeah. mushrooms or anything that is fungus or could grow mold is real bad for candida because it feeds it. So I have been kind of hanging back from them, but then I feel like they're one of those miracle foods that yeah. you just like should consume mushrooms yeah i yeah i mean there's something very mystical right. and like magic i feel like mushrooms carry magic properties even the non-magic <laughs> mushroom mm-hmm. variety i agree of like they're very used being used to like treat cancers and yeah chaga yeah she's exactly. uh, healing yeah. herself yeah i use reishi and chaga mushrooms and lion's mane mushroom and i have ms <coughs> i was diagnosed last year but it started when i was 21 so i was navigating it for 11 years without realizing like what was actually wrong right and actually reishi and chaga is kind of what brought me back to life and psilocybin microdosing psilocybin but i make the tea i drink it every single day and honestly it keeps my body in homeostasis so i'm not like too stressed or my immune system is actually like really functioning at a high level and I don't get sick like knock on wood it's been working for me like and I notice if I don't have it I can tell like my stress peaks but they are magical so in Chinese medicine there's like 3,000 years of history of them being used it's called the mushroom of immortality reishi it's powerful stuff like Mm. it keeps your skin clear makes your hair people at my work are like why do you look so vibrant like I work in social work so people are like we're all just (laughs) flatlining all the time so I've been giving it to people at work and sharing the teas and sharing the information so I'm kind of like the mushroom band and I try to get everybody on the medicinal ones Amazing. That is awesome. Yeah, I it love works that. really well. It and you're starting well. school in yeah, in September. Plant medicine. Plant medicine I'm gonna yay. Yeah, herbalism, natural herbalism. So I'm gonna do an apprenticeship with um, this person from Manitoba that I met at a festival in Alberta, and I just could hear him I could listen to him talk all day then I found out he had a program and I was like this is the kind of schooling I want someone that I could just sit and listen to like all the time so I'm gonna start it in September sick I'm excited this uh, so, okay so I mean we're we're like deep in mushroom territory right now but <laughs> I which I don't think that's where we, what we were originally going to talk about but here's the thing I have been <coughs> so out of the loop when it comes to booking recordings because you've just been like the workhorse doing it uh, I have no fucking clue what we're talking about or what's going on, and I'm so excited. So you're both from not here. Yes. We're in Halifax right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're both, uh, like, uh, what, on a road trip from, like, way out west, uh, northwest? Well, we came to the East Coast because we want to visit my family. So okay. up in, up north to Yellowknife. Uh, I've been there five or six times. Family. <laughs> So we, yeah, so we, um, I visit her family. They've been all around. They've been to Calgary to visit me. I hosted her grad party at my house. So I've been around her family a lot. And so she has never visited with mine. Uh So this was our bestie, like, vacation 2019. So she came to the East Coast with me and we hung out with my family, went jig and mackerel. We did the Cabot Trail. And now we're doing Halifax. Doing the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. So you guys are, like, just super close homies. Ivy and Violet, those are the... That's right. The names we're yes. using today. Yes, we uh, remember them. Um, uh, you guys are just like, just besties from, from a long time back, or is there... It's an interesting story if you want to hear how it unfolded. Yeah, so uh, we both went to school in Calgary, and uh, we met on the dance floor at the school pub there. We are just like busting moves. Was it Saint? No, it's Mount Royal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Busting moves at the, the student uh, pub and just like found each other and we're like you yes 
then we like teamed up had a dance off with some dudes one and then we're like okay the rest is history and it turned out that we lived in residence like two buildings over from each other and I just started to go there every day and mm-hmm. uh ivy turned me into the stoner slut i am today mm-hmm. the stoner oh. slut okay yes. that sounds fun i am her good influence <laughs> <laughs> stoner yeah. slut mom mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. uh cool and did you guys like was it a platonic thing or did you guys have like some romance within the mix of all of this it evolved. Um, so it's been nine years of our best friendship. So for the first, what, like five years, we were yeah. just really close. But because I lived so openly with my sexuality and with non-monogamy, I was dabbling in it for a really long time now. So I kind of introduced her to that idea of the ethical slut. We, I introduced her. We read the book and we talked a lot about like consensual non-monogamy. How do you have ethical mon- non-monogamy? How do you have multiple relationships? How do you navigate the communication and things like that? So right. This was all beyond me because I like I come from a very Catholic family, big family, and uh, I was uh, entering the world. I went to school. I had a first year in BC, and then I went to my second year in Calgary, and uh, I was still like my family's really Catholic, and I was still like going to church on Sundays, but like going through the motions, and like got to a point where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, who am I doing this for? And eventually I stopped because I'm like, this isn't what I want to do. This is just something I've been trained to do for all my life. And uh, just started to embrace my sexuality and shed a little bit of shame and guilt that comes with being in the Catholic religion and meeting uh, Ivy was a part of that. Um, And just like having someone in my realm who was like so unapologetic so like in her body like openly bi like openly sexual um I'd never experienced anything like that and it really encouraged me to like step into my own that's exciting I'm trying to think of like I don't think I've never had that where like I've I've had a friend that's kind of like broke me out of my shell no you were always kind of the leader no I well I don't even know no I don't I don't think so i've just never like i've never had that sort of transition where i've been like oh since you've been in my life i'm now i'm now like going about my life i I mean maybe i guess with you a bit but like you've just made me i feel like just hanging out with you makes me feel a little smarter Mm -hmm. but like that's that's about it um but yeah that's uh like to have that in a in a in a best friend like Mm. that's i feel like that just like solidifies a relationship you know I think I was always really uh, intimidated by by um, by the by people who are the way that Violet just described you, Ivy. So, what do you think it is um, about how you came up in the world that kind of made you dabble in that stuff at that? age at that time I think um having older parents my brother's 19 years older than me so my parents were in their 40s when they had me my mom actually had her tubes tied before she had me believe it or not so I was literally like an alien miracle baby that came from the heavens so wait 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 wait. (laughs) your mom had her tubes tied and then you came out of your mom yes so 19 years so picture like no children between my brother and me, my brother's 19 years older than me. My mom had stomach issues like her whole life. So she thought when she was pregnant, she's like, oh no, my stomach illness is coming back. And she goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, she gets testing done, obviously blood work. And he's like, oh, you're just pregnant. And my mom's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, are you kidding the, me? I thought so, we dealt with yes, this. So right? what happened? Did the so, tubes just untie? 
Yeah, I think because my mom was thin and she was like, she said, I finally got my my pre-baby body back and then I got pregnant again because she wanted like a low cut. Like she didn't want like a big scar. So it was like this bikini procedure where you didn't get a big scar. So she thinks that it was kind of a botched surgery. Oh, um, interesting. So, but the interesting piece too is I'm RH negative. So my mom <clears throat> got pregnant and then her body, that's why I always say I'm an alien because her body started to make like antibodies and fight against me inside of her because of the blood type thing. Um, so I've always said that I was an alien and that, like, how else could I like, come here, right? Like, yeah. 19 years apart. But I think going back to your question is that because my parents were, like, so old school mentality, like, very much focused on employment and having a good job and career, saving for retirement, and I was totally, like, a little indigo in alien child that was so opposite. So I think I had to fight to be that confident, empowered woman always. I was hmm. always unapologetic because I was just like, I don't believe in your ideals. Like, I have my own value system coming into this life, and I'm going to live by that. So it took a lot of years to get comfortable with it. But once I did, it just... It, she calls it the ivy factor mm. this thing about me mm. that pulls people in and it's it's, it's funny because last night we were out and people were saying it and i'm like yeah it's the ivy factor my best friend coined it because they're all people are always like there's just something about you and i'm like everybody says that it can't be true like mm. fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but so not to put words in your mouth but when you were talking about like having older parents and having to fight from a young age to like do your own thing it was that do you remember seeing like amongst your peers and younger people like a big divide between what was happening socially around you and what your parents were telling you were the things that were right to pursue I feel like because they were so authoritarian to protect me because they were trying to be like protective of their little girl as their first daughter right so because of that and I have two nephews that are close to my age because my brother is so much older than me so I kind of got lumped into like the tomboy category because I had a brother and then the two nephews that were younger a little bit younger than me so I was always driving dirt bikes with short haircuts and fake tattoos so I developed my masculine side very strongly and as a Leo too masculine right right? so totally I think I just totally own (laughs) I think I just own that right so I think coming out of it I feel like I just went after what I wanted like always did Um, that put any sort of like rift in between you and your folks Yes, my mom always thinks if I'm with a partner with another partner, she's like, they're going to murder you. I'm like, why are they going to murder me, mom? You're crazy. That's not how it works. Like, I know his wife. Like, it's okay. You know what I mean? So because of that unapologetic thing, I've always been like that. So I'm kind of like, this is how I am. Like, my mom knew I was bisexual. She's like, there's no such thing as bisexual. I'm like, well, I'm bisexual. So there is such a thing. So because you're an alien. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's just been it's been an interesting adventure with my family navigating it but i don't hide anything about it so i'm pretty open about it right have you ever had an experience of of monogamy have you ever been in a monogamous relationship yes i have been in a monogamous relationship i found it tricky to navigate with being bisexual Uh and i think i always knew i was non-monogamous and that's probably why monogamy didn't work for me Mm. often um but i think since my last monogamous relationship was in 2014 and then when that ended I said like no I can't do monogamy anymore I'm only going to enter relationships that are ethically non-monogamous talk about boundaries talk about like what are our limits what are we looking for and um, I use these questions called the elevator questions have you guys ever heard of the elevator questions no but I I feel like I know the road you're going down here yeah so it's just about like safe sex practices what are the relationships what are the boundaries in those relationships when's the last time you got 
got checked? What were the results? What were your risky behaviors <laughs> since then? It's a key. fucking key question. Mm. Everybody listening, please ask mm-hmm. that question. And did a condom break? Because I've had interesting people be like, oh, I've been completely protected. Then they go and get checked before and they end up having something because a condom broke. So we're starting to learn how to navigate those questions even in a more concise way, right? Of mm. like, what's the important questions to ask? And then types of like, what are the relationships and what are the boundaries, which is a good one to kind of open up about non-monogamy. Because if people don't know, then I can start right off the hop, right when we connect. Mm. I have another partner. We're non-monogamous. This is our boundaries. Right now I'm looking for connections with females only, but I'm open to connecting with you platonically until to see if we have a connection kind of thing. Right. Right. Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, uh, to, to bring it back, mm-hmm. we were on the route to discussing best friends for nine years, but potentially. Partners as well for a chunk of time, or what's we call it? Bestie lovers, yeah. bestie sister lovers. wives, sister okay. wives, soul sisters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So we went to school together for about four years, and uh, the last week of me being in Calgary was also my birthday week, and I was about to move back home north, and I had a five day birthday bender back in my early twenties. I don't know if I could still do that now today, <laughs> I think I have but one of those this year. I mean, it kind of feels like we've been doing that recently, but you don't drink, so yeah. you're not feeling it. I'm just you're feeling it otherwise but anyway so um it was the last day of this celebration and we just like had a hodgepodge of folks over to my res place and we were having some pre-drinks we're gonna go out dancing and the conversations just started to center around group sex experiences and threesomes and at this point i'd never had anything like that i'm in my early 20s and you know been around been around the block a few times so like the folks that were there we were all discussing it and like that sexual attention was entering the room and things were getting a little exciting 
And we were all friends too, so it was just interesting because at first it was just like silly Tinder stories or random group sex that just unfolded, right? Mm. So we're laughing about the hilarity of things that can happen when you're having group sex and sharing about our first experiences or like random things out in nature. So it just became this like cohesive group of like oversharing, like, ooh, we're all friends, right? But that night when we went out, they were all meeting people off of Tinder. Like the boys had two mm. dates they were meeting and had someone that she, uh, she was meeting too that night. So so then there goes my bracelet. Um, but so it was super interesting because we all went out with other intentions. Yeah, then, I actually had someone um, like lined up to meet up with that night. You know, it's my my birthday right. weekend. And uh, Ivy checked in and was like, hey, like these vibes are happening. Like, I know we've never done this before, but like, what do you think? And I was kind of like laughed it off and was like, oh, Ivy, like you're funny. But, like, you know, had a sexual attraction, but, like, didn't know what it meant or how to navigate it. Yeah, it was right. all very new. Um, and so what ended up happening, I was like, well, I have this thing lined up. If for some chance this doesn't follow through, then maybe. Mm-hmm. And as the night progressed, Ivy doesn't drink. And the, the all of us were getting, get, having <laughs> a lot up. of fun. Yeah. It, was getting, it was getting loose. And uh, Ivy checked in again, being like, so, like, like what do you think we're all dancing close people are making out and i was like uh turned out this guy who i was supposed to meet <clears throat> messaged me and was like uh so we got in a car accident and i have to bring my friend to the hospital so sorry rain check and i was like this Ooh. is divine intervention and i guess we're gonna do this so mm-hmm. yeah so it was funny because at the bar one of the friends he just pinned me up against the wall we went outside to smoke i smoke marijuana i don't smoke cigarettes but we went outside and came back in and he kissed me and i was like well that was fun so we go back inside and we're like sitting at the table and like a little while later i saw him in the corner like kissing the other girl that was with us there was three girls and two guys that night so i was like he's just hopping around this is unfolding interestingly right so i was completely open with it i was excited like i wanted to pop her cherry i was like after her for a bit now right saying like come come to my side come to the dark side with me we're already best friends might as well just take it to the next level and honestly a lot of my girlfriends growing up because i was so openly bisexual since high school i was that girl that was like hey like i really want to try this thing i really trust you and you're so open sexually and Mm. you make me feel so comfortable like will you be my first so i had been that for people right so (laughs) yeah i still am we actually are now we take team the the pop and cherries of the threesomes but we'll um, we'll get to that later (laughs) um so yeah so as this night unfolded it was like the boys had the girls that came they met the boys had the girls to come to the bar and everything and they were kind of like no like we're kind of feeling this other vibe over here with the fivesome so we ended up going back to my friend's house and then i stepped into like group sex project manager mode where i'm like okay ladies let's go we're gonna freshen up we're all gonna get a shower so we all got together we all had a shower and clean cleaned off and got all freshened up for before we started and then i was just like okay so here's how it starts and we're like you go here you go there let's try this let's do this and we were kind of like kissing and like sensual but like nothing really like sexual yet right mm-hmm. Uh, and then a friend of ours, he was with her. They were like kissing and touching. And I was kind of just like laying down with her legs were kind of open. And then I look at him and I like look at her. And it was like that was like the moment. Like we were going from bestie to lover in this, this moment. Next, right. Yeah, this, is the next <laughs> this was the moment. When and I become like, one. yeah. And so I look at him and I look at her and then he just takes my hand on the back of my head. And I'm like, OK. And I just did it. And then she was just like, Ivy. 
Lucy. I remember her screaming my name like in such a pleasure shock way. She was just like, holy shit. Like, wow, this is really happening. And then we ended up having group sex for hours and hours. Just laughed. We just it had so, so much, much laughter. Fun. And there was just body parts everywhere. And yeah, it sounds so fun. Clothes yeah. everywhere. And like, so that was like my christening into this lifestyle of like everything that I knew about myself and my sexuality and my orientation was just like and it just obliterated and now I was like okay like the the slate is clean now and I can kind of move forward and enter into this world of being totally open and being like yeah I guess I'm just like learning new things about myself and open to connection where I find it and yeah was that like a monumental shift or was it like a shift that you you know, like it was one of those things where the next day you were like, oh, I'm a completely different person. Or was it, ah, this is going to guide me into a new path in life that will very like slowly but very surely unfold in ways that I will never imagine. I don't think I knew at the time. Like I was just a little waste case, early 20s, like fresh out of university, having these experiences, like a little bit of a shit show. Like I was like coming into my sexuality in a heterosexual way before this, like the like I was, you know, I I I was having all kinds of experiences that I'd never had because I like grew up in a small northern community where that shit doesn't happen for mm. me anyway. And then I got to the city and I'm like of age and just like going out doing things, making questionable decisions. Um, but, you know, like and having Ivy there to like really help me step into that and like uh, lose that shame and that guilt of like, you know, discussing my hookups and being like, yeah, girl, get it. And like, you know, being like, oh, yeah, I hooked up with this person last weekend and I'm thinking about this this weekend. And she's like, as long as you're being safe, like make sure. And and I was like very conscious of like getting checked. <laughs> my school doctor saw me a lot <laughs> and he's like, are there symptoms? I'm like, nope, just like every new partner I need to get checked and like took a handful of condoms. And like, so at least I was I was being very safe Um in as safe as you can be when you're getting really hammered and having having lots of sex and like now in hindsight looking back was a lot of bad sex and now Mm. like the growth and the work that we've been doing learning how to have good meaningful consensual every like communicative sex um but yeah so in in hindsight now i look at that point as this monumental shift but at the time i don't think i knew what was happening and Mm. uh we we didn't discuss it as like like we didn't unpack it in the time we like giggled and was like, Oh, that was hot. And like, that was something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, but now we discuss it a lot and we share it a lot and we go around and we, you know, we kind of talk openly about our relationship to friends and stuff. And now I, uh, with the tools that we have, I think we can identify each other as like bestie lovers as a partner. And like with the elevator speech and like entering new partnerships of asking like, what are the relationships in your life and what are your boundaries to be able to say, like identifying this is like, this is a partnership to me, you know, in, in, in many ways, like this is, uh, you know, when you're out in the world and you're single and you're like searching and you're looking for the one, mm. I feel like having Ivy is like, it takes that burden away from me because I feel fulfilled in this. Like I, like we have all of the things like, you know, we're not constantly hooking up. Like we probably haven't had a sexually intimate experience in a while, no, but like New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> the grief some. We'll get to that. Mm. But uh, I do feel so fulfilled in this relationship and a lot of platonic intimacy, which we've learned a lot about. <laughs> um, 
I don't remember what the question was, but uh, yeah. Well, I think you pretty much fucking nailed the answer there. <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, you're uh, jotting some stuff down there, were you? Yeah, I'm just keeping notes. You know, I'm trying to uh, to write things down a little bit in my head. I did have a question that just popped in. Now it's you just chased it right out of my brain. <laughs> um, let me think. It was right there on the tip of my tongue. Too late. Uh, uh, I know that you guys were alluding to like sort of the dream team of popping threesome cherries. Mm. So is it, was this just something that you guys fell into or was this like a let's make a pact and like, you know, put your hands together and go, we're going to we're going to be the threesome team. I think because we started to identify as bestie lovers, like she said, about having our needs met in so many different ways in our friendship Mm -hmm. and helping other people navigate their sexuality now in a comfortable, consensual way, I think that it just became this easy thing for it to flow for us. So, like, we've traveled around the world together now. Uh, Facebook just notified me last week we've been to 10 different places together. So in some of those cities and with other partners, too, which has been fun, it's like, Hey, I have this partner when my bestie's in town. Like, I would love to explore this with you and talking with our partners, like, and identifying each other as that third person, you know, and, mm. and inviting that each other into our relationships that we have. Um, so that's happened several times, too. So. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, one of the pieces we were discussing before we got here was, like, when we do have a partnership, there is this consent piece with that partner to be, like, just so you know, we unpack everything together. <laughs> like every detail of this relationship is going to be flowing through this person because like I think this is one of the biggest strengths of this relationship is that like we are each other's checks and balances of like this thing is happening in my life. This is my thought pattern. Like sometimes you have no spoons and like you're like, I can't even think like I just I need you to tell me what what to do, what to say, you know, and like we we go through that together and we navigate these things and we're able to like check each other with being like, no, okay, you're being (laughs) triggered right now. This is your flight or flight happening. Like take a second, breathe, sit on this answer for 24 hours or for however long um, and then re-enter this, and then the next day comes around, and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, you, you were right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was uh, feeling a little crazy yesterday. And it's funny, because on this trip, like, we've really noticed, because we're spending, like, a lot of time together, how much she is right, or how much I'm right about things, where I'm like, fuck, like, we were out last night, and I was like, I didn't bring a sweater, like, you're fucking right, and she's like, I fucking told you! Yeah. So we it's like, credit. it's on, yeah, we, we give credit now, like, we've worked through a lot of our communication difficulties over the last nine years, where it's like, it's really cohesive. Even our friends that I'm visiting, like some of my friends we're staying with, they were like, it feels like you guys are in a relationship. And we're like, yeah, kind of are. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you really are, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it is, it's, it's not, it's, it's deeper than a friendship. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, you know, your, your typical, uh, um, like intimate relationship, but it's, it's, it is this like beautiful mashup of both, you know, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Yeah, let's talk about platonic intimacy. That's what I was thinking too. Okay, great. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so platonic intimacy, I think, is one of the greatest gifts that we have um, in connection. And especially, I feel it a lot um, being up north. It's It's long, dark winters where like if you don't have partnership and if you don't have 
friendships and a group where you can experience platonic intimacy, you are going to get down in the depths. Like there are people that go for so long without touch and, mm. you know, like to not have someone that you can do. I love the 20 second hug. So when I reach a certain level of friendship with someone, it's like, oh yeah, no, we're staying here until those oxytocin serotonin gets released. And like even that level of like platonic intimacy or like we're going to lay around on each other. We're going to hold each other's hands while we're walking down the street um it's it's been a huge i don't know benefit um we we were at a um spiritual gathering festival called intention alberta uh, over the new year there's a lot to unpack there um but uh one of the greatest things about that was really finding platonic intimacy in these like newfound friendships that were super fresh but they had like a cuddle puddle area and like hmm. just sitting there with this like newfound male friend and just like being held like I slept in the cuddle puddle area one night because like I was experiencing some serious deep deep grief and this person under like I shared my grief with the people there and this person literally just like held me through the night and it was like nothing sexual like he asked to kiss me on the cheek but like that didn't feel sexual to me and it was just so beautiful and as the weekend went along like we were all so bonded because of that platonic intimacy and he talked a lot about how like we taught him how to really embrace that and to not assume any kind of like sexual uh, intention, intention with someone because of there is physical contact. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we're like, I think the way we're living too is inspiring the people around us, right? Because we are so comfortable in it. So I don't think it's something that we mean to do, but I think just because we live so authentically, people are like, oh, that's cool. I want to try that. That physical c- contact thing is, it is really blows my mind a little bit because I remember being in like junior high and like I had a girlfriend that I was quite close to in grade nine and it was pretty much just exclusively the the two of us that were in this we had we kind of isolated ourselves in this little group it was grade nine it was a fucking rough year for both of us and uh and we just made this little like pact that we were you know there was like that we were more than friends we were family and but there was always this like the physical physical touch anything being interpreted in the wrong way was always on like red alarm uh for me because again I went to a really tiny junior high and like if you were called a lesbian that was like an insult you know it was like it was a very adolescent a stressful time to like try to navigate those particular boundaries like these are my friends but they're not you know they're just my friends or whatever Mm -hmm. but still this like this like longing but also hesitancy to to express things physically or even verbally in a way that might be construed as as anything but Mm. and that always really like stuck with me too in as as I grew up and in my um later teen years and my early 20s of like being really self-conscious about uh, a, a, a man's, um, it, just, it just always felt like walking a very sharp razor blade edge of like, when is this like just friendship and when are you, when are you, when is it not appropriate for mm. this? And if anything, since, you know, opening up our relationship, Jeremy, um, I feel like a lot of those barriers or a lot of those like, boundaries it's like this is a friend and so this is like the forms of contact that are acceptable within a friendship and this is a male friend so the the forms of physical contact you know there are a little bit less because Mm -hmm. you know i'm 
I'm into men, you know? So, you know, those things are so tricky, but I, I feel like they're everywhere. And anybody who's never been in a a context of like an open relationship or explored the idea of like, maybe there's, you can have this kind of friendship or you can have, I can have a friendship that with a male friend where we do like hold hands or we do go out and dance together, but Mm -hmm. we aren't lovers and Mm -hmm. we aren't partners. Or maybe even one day I could actually have a, a, a dancing partner like a salsa dancing partner but it wouldn't mm-hmm. feel weird because mm-hmm. i wouldn't be worried about sending the wrong message and blah 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 but like you guys are really you folks are really dissolving the those kinds of uh, boundaries the question i was trying to remember earlier was about was about boundaries and how do you how do you define those to somebody else that's that's asking because i've never differentiated say my relationship with jeremy to my relationship with todd like i, I don't have like a a set explanation for the boundaries of of each of our relationships other than we sleep with other people we don't sleep with other people that's mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. i think uh ivy uh has taught me a lot about discussing boundaries and communication openly and not being scared to introduce that and she will be like as soon as there is a physical attraction you ask what are our boundaries like i'm feeling i'm sensing this thing um, what are our boundaries here? Like, and, and that's a scary thing to do. Mm. Um, I haven't gotten to the point of getting, getting there and saying it like that. Like usually if I'm going to have that conversation, it needs to be pretty obvious to me that this person is, is interested. And she'll write like a 12 page text message versus talking about it verbally. (laughs) So I'm always like, okay, it's time to use your words now, like your voice. (laughs) I'm working on that. But uh, but what like what an open and non-threatening and and sort of like inviting way to broach that subject. Mm-hmm. What are, what's happening here? What are our boundaries? Yeah, like, and, how do it, we... and it invites them to be like, oh, to like add the, to the discussion, and like... maybe they're like, oh, like I'm just feeling friendship here, and you're like, great, okay, it's a platonic boundary. Yeah. But then it's like dealing with this fear of rejection, which is very real, um, and facing it head on, which I I do have a challenge. Like it's a challenge for me, but every every time you approach that you deal with those insecurities a little bit more and you kind of face that fear but what would you like to say about boundaries i think that like you said the more we talk about it the more comfortable i get asking those questions and the easier it kind of flows in conversations but for me like the elevators like the elevator questions come out so naturally now Mm. like that's kind of how i set the stage because i want to make sure i'm honoring any other partnerships in my life and I think, like, even last night, for example, like, my boundary was just, like, platonic cuddles with this person, but, like, they were kind of not okay with that. So I was just like, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm not, until I speak with my other partner, like, I'm not okay with moving past anything but pl- platonic intimacy right now. Um, so, like, it just, you take the nose. Like, okay, cool. That's yeah. my boundary. Like, I'm very firm in what my boundaries are, too, which mm-hmm. knowing yourself is really important in non-monogamy. Like, I'm sure you guys know. Knowing what you want, knowing what you don't want, knowing how to ask for what you want, knowing how to say no when you don't want something. So I think the more practice we get at that, the be- the easier it comes. And it mm. comes with the, like, mindfulness and spiritual practices, which let our, uh, <laughs> Ivy has uh, taught me a lot about, of just... Um, sitting with yourself and knowing yourself and trusting trusting your gut trusting your intuition is something i've been really working on the last few moon cycles i've been uh been functioning with the moon lately i found it a very healing practice every full moon shedding the things that no longer serve me and every new moon taking time to think about what i want to manifest into my life um and it's just been a really great tool and uh, that takes the 
sitting and being like, well, what, what is it that I want to manifest into my life? What is it that I want? And then um, knowing through knowing what you want, you also realize what you don't want Mm -hmm. and uh, honor, like honoring yourself and honoring that no feels really fucking good. Mm -hmm. And when you don't honor it, it feels really shitty. Mm -hmm. When I have an intuitive feeling in my body now, I can't not listen to it. And so like there's been like bumps between us before some disconnects because like my intuition was so strong and I was like we were traveling before and I had like a really strong intuition I don't know can I tell this story yeah um (laughs) so we were in Thailand and we traveled to the south from the north so we had I actually had this festival belt on and it's like pretty like meaningful piece to me and it was expensive too but we had all of our gear so like we just got off a plane so we had our passports our wallets our IDs everything was on us because we had just been traveling. So we kept it on the plane with us and we'd put our stuff under the plane. So we got to the island. So we're just like, fuck it. We'll drop our bags and we're going out. So all of our shit was on us at that night. And our hostel was right by the beach. So I was like, let's go to the fucking beach. It's like midnight. Hmm. Yeah. So first we went out dancing. We had so much fun. It was like this reggae bar with like all the top 40 hits. So they were singing reggae versions of it. So we were fucking dancing soaked in sweat. So we're like, fuck, this is the perfect time to go skinny dipping. But because I'm sober and Violet likes to partake in using alcohol like she was getting like loosey-goosey and I'm just like kind of chilling whatever smoking a little bit of weed so we walked down to the beach and in Thailand there's like big cliffs and then there's like the ocean and there was a shadow from the cliff so there was like this dark area so we walked down the beach and my spidey senses are like nope this is not where I want to take off my clothes and she's like oh come on this trip is about letting go like let's be a free spirit and I was like no you and told part me. of it part of it is that Ivy's a lot more comfortable in her body and at this time for me I'm was like well i'm gonna be totally well no i was like i'm gonna be totally naked i want to go into the shadow part i want to go into the darker area i still have a little bit of shame so that was a component too but she was very resistant and i was like yeah i was coming at at it in a way of like let's go you're being a stick in the mud and she was like no no this is my firm boundary so i went into the dark part i took all my stuff off she stuck to her boundary stayed in the light part fucking bioluminescent plankton like i'm half cut like I'm like in there, like spinning my hands in the water. It's lighting up. Isn't it's it blowing the, my fucking mind. Like I feel like you're in space. Wizard. I felt yeah. like a wizard. Yeah. yeah. And then, and so she I don't know how. In. I don't know how long I was there for, but you left your stuff in the lighted area. So like there was like darkness and light right beside each other. I took <laughs> off my belt. I was sitting on my belt in the sand, and I could see her, and I could see the water lighting up, and I was like, okay, like I kind of want to get naked now and go in the dark part. So my gut was still like I could feel this feeling in my heart like something bad was going to happen so I walked down the beach with her and I was like okay I'll come in take everything off I put it on the beach I get in the water I do the little thing it's the bioluminescence plagued and it's like falling off my breast like little sparkles I felt like a wizard it was like the water was lighting up but I couldn't shake this gut feeling I was like no I can't do this I lasted maybe five minutes and I got out I go to the beach I put all my stuff back on and then Violet I comes out come out of the water and all my shit's gone just everything, fucking gone. Everything, everything except for her shoes. They took her yeah. hat, her purse, her phone, her bank cards, all of her Passport. money. Passport. Gone. Passport too? So oh, no. she was thankfully wearing this like long tank top and this long skirt. So uh, you took the tank top and you pulled the tank top down to be a dress. And I took the skirt and I pulled it up to be a dress <laughs> and like hung my head in shame. And she's like, I 
fucking told you so. Yeah. She's like, maybe it washed into the water. We're like shining lights from my fucking phone. Like, oh yeah, it shined into the water. I'm like, you got robbed. Like, mm. I just told you, I don't trust this area. You didn't listen. And I was pissed because I'm dead sober at this point. She's loosey goosey, kind of drunk, didn't listen to my intuition, which we set boundaries to before the trip. We were like, okay, if one of us gets a gut feeling that something bad's going to happen, we're going to listen to the other person. And she didn't. So I was fucking pissed. I was mad. I was super pissed because I was like, why the fuck didn't you right. listen to me, right? So. so the next day, this was the day that the whole island's uh, uh, electrical grid was shut down. So I'm hungover. It's like noon. Oh. <laughs> Ivy's pissed because she's like, you know, if this was me, I would have got up in the morning. I would have gone and taken care of business. And I didn't. I, that's not my style. I woke, I woke up late. We went and got food. Um, she's pissed about the whole intuition thing. I'm like, okay, now I got to figure this out. And she's like, I'm going to go off and explore with this guy from our hostel. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. So I, I didn't even have the words to be like, I need you right now to come and navigate this. And so she went off and I was fucking pissed at this point to be like, okay, um, I don't have anything. And nobody here really speaks English. So I'm walking from like stop to stop to try to be like, where's the police station, blah, blah, blah. I find, I get directed to this old police station. I'm like yelling, anyone here? Anyone here? The sleepy little Thai guy comes up from the back and is like, no, no, it's not. It was like, it says police on the top of this building. He's like, no. Wrong police. He brings in this other lady from like the street and she starts to explain to me, no, the real police station is down this way. You hop in a truck. So I got in the back of this truck and they brought me there and I go to like write a report and there's this French couple. They were on the same beach at the same time. They got robbed at the same time. I have a fucking horseshoe up my ass. I've had so many near misses. And so I'm there. I'm writing my police report and I'm explaining the things that I lost. And the guy goes to drawer and pulls out and he's like, this hat? So I have this dad hat that I stole from my father. And it's like one of my pieces that I always wear. He's like, you talking about this hat? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm talking about that hat. He like pulls out a bag. My passport is there. My hat is there. My clothes are there. The only thing that's missing is my valuables, my phone and my money. Fucking who cares? I was thinking like we were there for Christmas. I was like, how the fuck am I going to leave this island? But how did that happen? Did someone just go, oh, I found these things? Yeah. A lady brought it in. I was like, who did this? Yeah. A little Uh. old lady. I'm like, yeah, okay. But then this poor little couple is like, you got anything else in that drawer? And he's like. No, I was like, oh, and it was another God. thing when we were leaving the beach we saw this couple coming towards the darkness and I was like maybe we should tell them what just happened and Jillian's like no let's let them enjoy their night two minutes later they get fucking robbed so I'm like why the fuck aren't you listening to so me these are the lessons and blessings <laughs> of yes. our life yeah but it, it, it honestly it's a good it's a really great you know we always hear uh, on the show all the time people talking about how communication is key within their relationships and it's like that's it's really easy to say that but to like put that to an example or to think about how that really does make sense is kind of like eh, i don't know like yeah i guess communication is important but this is a perfect example of how communication can be valuable and why it is important like mm-hmm. especially the 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 next day you know what i mean like not having the ability to go wait no i need you mm-hmm. i need you for this thing that's like kind of stressing me out mm-hmm. um the, crazy, yeah. I, the, the, the other part of that was that so like now I'm pissed she's pissed we're off on our own ways she ends up getting sick so we so, go our own ways she's dying puking. just wait no pause because I wanted comfort food because I was pissed at my best friend and I'm in a fucking foreign country so I was like I want American food 
people told me, don't eat American food in Thailand. That's how you get sick. So the power had been out that day, right? So I eat great. a meat sauce with pasta, of oh, course. Yeah. On that the day, there's like no good, power. So that was great. That was so great. Just a dish of typhoid fever. So then <laughs> that night we go to meet up at, to talk about what had happened. She had left me a note on my bed and I was also still kind of pissy. So we go to the, the reggae bar again and there's like a pool table in the basement. Okay. So before that, we had met up to talk. And my belly was descended like a foot at this point. And I had never had food poisoning. I had nothing like this. So I didn't know. And so we were kind of like still like like at each other's throats, like both still kind of in fight or flight. Um, So then I was like, she's like, I'm going to go grab food. I was like, I think I'm going to go back to the hostel. Like I'm not feeling too hot. And at this point, we were staying on top bunks. There's people underneath us. So I'm laying on the top bunk and people were like kind of moving the bottom bunk. Oh, fuck. And I was literally just like, and I was like, what the hell? So I go to the bathroom and we're in like a 12 bed hostel room. So it's fucking packed. The bathroom is disgusting. I'm super OCD. So I'm sitting there and I'm literally sitting on the toilet, puking in this bucket. I have this person that I traveled with that day. He's emptying the bucket and bringing it back for me because I'm just literally dying. And so then that night um, there was this futon in our bedroom and I had said like I'm not fucking sitting on that a couple days before. Meanwhile, she finds me sleeping on it. So she was like, "That's fucking weird that like, sleeping on that when she came in that night." Meanwhile, that's because I was dying. I was sick every 45 minutes. So like I it was like the bad karma, right? It was like mm. she was pissed, I was pissed. I ended up getting super sick, but that brought us back together because mm. I actually ended up getting hospitalized. I got a blood infection. It Holy turned into- shit. Oh my god. Yeah, so I ended up getting hospitalized in so, Thailand. In Thailand. Oh my god. It was bad. So yeah, it escalated. Yeah, um yeah, the the hospital, the the tourist hospital was fucking beautiful and she didn't yeah. have to pay for anything cuz we had insurance health insurance but we were there for christmas and we like literally spent the last three days in the hospital and i would go out and party and they would just let me come in at night and crash with her in this giant king-size bed they had corgis that would come and you could send them it was fucking hilarious well if you're gonna get fucking food poisoning and blood poisoning i want to go to thailand and get sick yeah Yeah. uh don't say that Don't because say that. that will happen. happen you will manifest that into your life. Yeah, so she went around the <coughs> island. So this kind of brought us back together because she's like, holy fuck, my best friend's like dying. I couldn't stand yeah. upright for two days. We still moved from that <coughs> location in the islands to another location. We traveled there. I hiked. I was shaking like a leaf, like trying to get a coconut to my mouth. Just like, I don't think I'm okay. So then the last day before we were going back to the main island, I started having these weird body symptoms, which were from the blood infection. And so I started to tell her, I was like, oh, just so you know, like I'm getting some tingling in the left side and I'm not feeling the best. But just in case it escalates, like I just want you to know where I'm at. By the time we got the boat back to the main island where the hospital was, like it was way worse. Yeah. And then I finally was like, I need to go to the hospital. So I went by myself first and she went and grabbed our stuff. By the time she got there, they were admitting me. They took my blood and they were just like, you have an infection in your blood. Like we need to give you this medication. It's going to make your eyes blurry. And I'm like, for how long? For like the rest of my fucking life? For tonight? Like, what are you telling me? I was panicked as fuck getting these big bottles of antibiotics into my system in a foreign country where the people don't really speak English. You have no idea. And you're just like, okay, I trust you. God, that's terrifying. Right? It was super scary. Did it make your eyes go blurry? It did make my eyes go blurry. Weird. But I was in and out of sleep. Don't ask. I don't know anymore. It was neon yellow. It was the color of this bottle, neon yellow. But so 
what really bonded us together too though is she went out and traveled around the whole island found all these christmas decorations i was literally gray in the face ill in all these photos she put like garland around my iv pole she had like a christmas tree that sang and like a christmas hat that sang it's like singing next to my head i'm like fucking dying like smiling for these photos i'm gray i'm literally gray my whole body's tan but my face (laughs) is gray from the illness and i'm like it's like bad makeup in a movie every christmas i have the memories come up on facebook and i'm just like Mm, just like dead completely dead but <laughs> it bonded us together and i got out on christmas day we got to go to the beach on we christmas that was our beach. goal i love this relationship it's i feel like this episode is going to make a lot of people out there be like well i want i want someone like that in my life like you know i i feel like i feel like i have that in you like i feel pretty fortunate that i have that with like a, a number of people but uh it, it also makes me go oh, i wonder if i can find somebody else like that and add another one to the roster Aww. uh you, you guys said someone said something earlier that made me curious uh uh griefsome yeah <gasps> so this is uh What's the that? term that i am coining mm-hmm. uh griefsome so we Trademark. went to this yeah tm <laughs> uh we went to the spiritual gathering called intention alberta um outside of sylvan lake and i had just like very freshly experienced a huge loss. Oh no! Uh, family the member. Friday night before it. So oh. I don't want to get can too. We, but can we talk about the Christmas Eve? Like just the intuitive piece that came up for me because um, the person that passed away had been sick for a while. So on Christmas Eve, we were talking and supporting each other because she was having a really hard time with like the immediacy of death coming. And mm. for some reason, my intuition was like, "You're gonna be with her when she finds out." But I'm picturing like the next summer when I'm up in Yellowknife. I wasn't thinking connecting that I was gonna be with her in four days. So mm-hmm. four days passed. She flies down to Edmonton. I meet her up there for a closey show. That's the night we found out, the day before we were going to the festival. So we were like, what the fuck do we do? Do we still go? Do we not? Like, what do we do? We were literally Mm -hmm. like grief brain like that's yes. a great question so uh so a very close family member of mine uh passed away and um yeah we were in the, i was on the floor like we had just gotten ready to go to the show highly anticipated show we were super excited for the friday before we go to this festival and i was like on the ground in a heap crying my eyes out being like and she's like what do you what do you want to do are you gonna book tickets to go home i'm like i don't i don't know and then she's like, do you want to go? Do you just want to go and dance and cry and dance and cry? And I was like, all right, let's go pick up a bottle of Jameson's. Uh, this, is, this is his drink. And I'm just going to get fucking hammered and we're going to do it. And so we did. And this is for the Closey show? Yeah. yeah so, so we, we went, went to go see the librarian we and Closey who are like acts that we fucking love. Yeah. And uh, we've met both of them. So we kind of have a little. Yeah. Yeah. Heart. And like the librarian put us on guest list and we saw her and like gave her a hug. She had no idea what was happening in that moment. But like, yeah, very intense. So that happened. Still didn't know if we were going to go. If I was going to go, we went and stayed in Wetaskiwin with Ivy's friend. And it wasn't until that day that I was like okay i'm going and uh we went to um this festival i it's like a little hundred person festival it's like super um well it's called intention alberta so it is about it's over new year's it's a five-day one in sylvan lake so it's uh based out of the arca tribe which is like the collective that creates it so it is very intentional like there's a lot of ceremony there's a self-care workshop like there is non-monogamy workshops there's a lot of different things there it's very connective lots of cuddle puddles lots of smushing and there's a steam pod and you're naked around each other and like it's a really awesome place and it's very healing and it's a good way to start your year hmm. so i knew that Although we were coming in like in severe grief, like literally still in shock, 
I knew it would be a place that would hold us. And I had a lot of close friends that were going to be there. So I knew if she left, I was going with her. There was no way that I wasn't going to go home with her to be with her through this process. I actually went... Like after we went to intention, I ended up going up for the funeral and everything like that. So, um, but before that, we were just like, let's fucking do it. Yeah. And so they had um, this evening, the, sec- the second evening of us being there. And it was a passion show where f- instead of a talent show, you, everyone has a passion. Maybe not everyone has a self-identified talent, but everyone has a passion they can share. And Ivy encouraged me to be like, do you want to take this opportunity to share and disclose what you're going through? Because we ta- told our roommates we were bunking with, Eight people. Yeah, some other folks there. And Ivy had a partner with her at the time. Um, And so I went up in front of 100 people and I got on the mic and I started to talk about my passion for building community. And I ran and I am involved in the community up north. And um, and it built up to like this thing with this family member. And then I was just like, yep. And this happened yesterday. And I am having a really hard time and I need your guys's help and I can't do this on my own. And I just started to cry and everyone stood up and just surrounded me in a massive hug and started swaying and like humming. And as I cried and like just literally held me in that fucking moment. And from then on, there were people coming in and checking in and disclosing their grief to me. And like it just opened up the floodgates for healing and for connectivity and Mm. having those platonic intimacy, having those cuddle puddles. And uh, Mm -hmm. so what led into um, the grief, the grief. Like I said earlier about us sharing our partners with each other. Right. And like I, with my grief was like shut down sexually because I not only experienced my own grief of the loss, but witnessing my best friend in her grief and like her family is like my family. So it was like a, a serious loss for me. So the first 24 hours, I held it in because I was supporting her. And then the floodgates opened for me, and I was just, like, a mess. So I kind of just, like, pushed her and my partner together because he was having intimate needs. And I was just like, I can't right now. Like, I was with my friends and connecting with them, and those two were kind of, like, building up their little cohesion. And then eventually it just unfolded into this, like, fun little grief sum that we coined because we were grieving very intensely. But it was nice to have that sexual exploration together. It's definitely Mm -hmm. spank bank material for me. (laughs) (laughs) that's wonderful Mm -hmm. it this i again like i'm just i'm kind of um i this is a very fascinating relationship uh and and definitely one that i feel like we the world could use much more of yeah i think when you said authentic earlier um i think that word gets thrown around a lot in especially in intentional uh, communities um, and being involved in the yoga community like I hear that shit all the time and I'm like well, I hear the talk but I'm not really seeing the walk and in terms of just like other things that you've said like uh, being able to speak clearly and define what you want and what your boundaries are and to hear and like respond to your intuition in the moment are all things I feel like generally generally what I see is people really disconnected from that and Mm. like you know slapping a band-aid on it of like but I'm you know mindful or in this way or my work is you know about healing people but so many of those people aren't healing themselves and Mm -hmm. and like I think I'm really impressed and inspired by the depth um to which you have like 
uh, what's the, I don't want to mix metaphors here, but like, I guess the depth to which you, you apply it to your life and your friendships and your relationships, it sounds, it sounds like extremely extraordinarily healthy. And I feel like our listeners are going to take a lot from that. I know I have. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. That's why we wanted to share this story to show the different dynamics that can exist in relationships mm. and that platonic intimacy can be fulfilling. Like she mm. is my number one, you know what I mean? So I just feel like our friendship, we have gone through so much <laughs> and supported each other through so much in this last year, like even more because of the grief and my dad was sick and my illness and everything too. So it was, there was a lot going on for us and we were each other's rocks, like through mm. breakups, through canoe connections, through illness, through shit in my pants with MS. You know, when I shit my pants on Christmas Day, this bitch is the one as I'm walking to the bathroom being like, I just woke up from a nap and I'm wearing a Christmas onesie. And when I woke up, there was shit in my onesie. I don't know how it got there. And just being like, you know what I mean? Like, she's my person. She is yeah. my person that I go to being like, how did this turd get in my onesie? I don't know what my butt just did. So, like, she, we're just so comfortable I with mean, each Santa other. Santa could have left it there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Lump of shit. Yeah, but yeah. she it's is my go-to. She's my person that I tell all my things, you know? So. Well, I, I'm, I'm just elated that you were both uh, in town and that we were also here and we could make this happen because this, this has been really sweet. Yes, um, I did have another thing. I had another couple of things to mention. I don't know yeah. how much time we have. Um, so building on this platonic intimacy. And so I'm from this small community up north and navigating this type of real, like having these uh, wants and needs and being away from each other. We travel, we see each other at least once or twice a year. But being up there, like the options are pretty limited and born right. and raised up there, you know, so um a lot of people know me a lot of people know my family that comes with its own thing i'm only now really stepping into my identity as a queer person and ivy's helped me a lot with that and like this is a big deal for me to come on here and mm. share these details um but to create those spaces um up north is super important to me and so there are there is a sexy scene that exists there and it comes around uh education and kink and bdsm but safely and and you know you guys talked about it a lot with different guests that you've had that kink is not inherently sexual mm -hmm. you can have lots of kink partners that you don't fuck that you don't have sex with and like and so we, we we've been navigating that a lot in our in our um um friend groups up north and so we've had these like fun sexy parties of navigating intimacy in different levels and a friend came to me and was like hey like I like this but I'd like to see a full femme sexy party away from the male gaze mm -hmm. um, of like no there's not this performative aspect and there's all of these femmes that are either a they identify in some way as queer but it's a hard thing to navigate in a small place or b there's just curiosities and like lots of femme folks in the burlesque scene and it's like very touchy feely and there are these things but like there's not the avenues to explore it so recently actually before um i came on the trip we had this uh our first femme intimacy party night and it was all about exploring intimacy and and exploring that intimacy is not inherently sexual it can be um me asking you like hey jeremy do you mind if i put my hand on your arm and i lean over and just being able to mm. make that contact and 
deep eye gaze with you and have this deep conversation and that is intimacy or you or, looked away first i just won i just won that, by the way. You you're more intimate yeah. you're, you're more intimate thank you. thank you one point for me but like things like um and so we had all these different exercises we started with a meditation to like call us into the space to connect with the divine feminine to connect in this sisterhood and then we um we talked about uh we did a, a kissing workshop where we said uh, kisses of the world and even to explore kisses is not necessarily a sexual thing of being like, okay, there's this like French greeting kiss and you know, yeah. you do it like that. And so we talk about a kiss and then we go around the room and you ask someone permission. Can I give you a French greeting kiss? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I give you one? Yes. And like a butterfly kiss and it slowly escalates to a pack to, and gets to the point of what the favorite one was. Um, Salad toss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we're just licking each other's bubbles. <laughs> that's definitely good. That sexual. <laughs> but, uh, that's the male gaze. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and my masculine nature as well. Yeah. High five. <laughs> so we explore all these different uh, kisses, and then we played uh, Spin the Bottle. And I'm all about oh, reintroducing Spin the Bottle. Like, at the sexy parties, we've been exploring that. But now I'm like, at any party, like, let's just play Spin the Bottle because, like, it's so fun to kiss and make out. And, yeah. like, when you play Spin the Bottle, it's like the walls come down. And, like, doing this preamble, doing this kissing workshop really helps bring the walls down. And also, like, it helps to you to be like, okay, my comfort zone is I want to give you a peck or mm-hmm. I want to uh, do a breeze together where you, like, press your foreheads together and you just breathe together and that's very intimate. Or you're like, I'm just like, yeah, full on. I want number seven. Let's make out. Let's fully <laughs> do this. Whether or not I'm fully sexually attracted to someone, it's like this, um, A, I'm making out with a lot of people I have crushes on, or B, I'm making out with people who I never even would have considered, but it's just fun to make mm. out. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a resounding success. We had a lot of positive feedback, um, and I'm super stoked to see how that develops. I'm no longer going to, like, I'm moving away um, for a year. I'm going to explore some creative avenues in school. I'm really excited. Um, and, you know, part of me is like, I have this sense of like nostalgia and I'm going to be like missing it and like finally finding this like little bit of a groove. But then I'm also like excited that non-attachment piece, which Ivy has taught me a lot about of like just like letting go and like seeing something developed beyond you and hearing about how it goes. And like now being put in a different community where I have the opportunity to now um, explore my my queerness in like being away from my hometown, I think mm-hmm. is key. It's a big part, yeah. Because like there is this identity piece that goes with it. And now like I'm in this community where I know some folks, but it's not the same extent where it's like it's also a very, very playful queer community that I'm entering. And I'm really excited to see like who the fuck am I going to be in that community? Yeah. You know, like I'm not going to have the same role that I do back home. Um, and I'm really excited to kind of like sit back and observe and learn a bunch. I'm excited for you. Totally. Can you keep us posted on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We'll do a catch-up episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe next time you're in town, or maybe next time we're in your guys' mm, town. Yes. Who knows? Yeah, a little bit of travel coming up in our Did you have another future. thing on that list? Yeah. Um, so there's <coughs> been some different uh, tools that Ivy has kind of helped me and us integrate into our lives and help. She's integrated this into other people's lives. One of them is daily grateful time you want to talk about that Mm -hmm. um every day at seven o'clock i have an alarm on my phone and whoever i'm with so i've done this on planes i've done this all over the world i've done this with my family who are not very open to it which is kind of funny east coast mentality (laughs) east coast minded but um so no matter where i am i'll invite whoever's with me i'll share about my practice and 
just this last year I was traveling to Costa Rica and I was on a plane and I did it with this girl beside me and she was like oh like how long have you been doing this it was nine years this year and I never thought about it I was like this is like my longest ritual I've ever had but it opens up the conversation about like focusing on the positives which I think is really important but now a lot of other people are starting to use it in their life a lot of my girlfriends that we saw in Cape Breton and Mm -hmm. different places um have been like wow I'm gonna do this with my family or I've never thought about this or I have daughters and I really want to start teaching them this practice right um that is one of them and I don't know yeah and like so if I'm not with her I don't have the alarm on my phone I probably should but what I do now is like before bed I just sit back and I'm like what are three things that I'm grateful for and it could be anything from like I'm laying in a bed right now I have a roof over my head or it's like these few things that happened that were like really fucking awesome today Mm -hmm. and it really helps when you're like especially navigating grief and like deep Mm -hmm. loss or heartbreak like I was navigating heartbreak and grief at the same time it was heavy years Mm -hmm. it's been hard but being able to attach to these things and being like I am thankful for Ivy I'm thankful to have this person that I can be held by I'm thankful like finding those things to attach to and being like I have an abundance of support like my support network is fucking Oh, I'm so grateful. It's funny because like Bridie's been doing this uh, as of late, and and I remember the first time you asked me, you were hey, so pissed. I was yeah, I was just like <laughs> not in a good headspace. Something happened. I don't remember what it was, but I was like pissed off. And then you asked me, and I literally like as I sat there, I was like, hmm, like I, I think you just simply said, what what's one thing you're grateful for right now? And I was like, I can't think of anything. And then in my in my head, I was going. That's fu- that's fucking crazy mm-hmm. that you can't think of one thing right now. You better sit with this mm-hmm. and think about it for the rest of the day. And then like throughout the day, I was like, oh, no, you know, I am grateful for my, my dog and I'm grateful for my friends and I'm grateful for my laptop and I'm grateful for like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm grateful for all these things in my life. Um, but just surprising to think of like how. How when you don't actually think about it, it it catches you off guard and you it's kind of hard to actually put your finger on what the things that you are grateful for. And so giving yourself that time to be like, you know, or that reminder, that practice, that daily practice of going, mm-hmm. okay, what are the things? Cause there's so many things taking to be grateful stock. for. Yeah, yeah. Taking stock because like when you don't take stock, it's so easy for the negativity, yeah. the fucking baggage of the world to weigh you down yeah. and for you to be like, everything is sucks. The world's going to end five to 10 years. <laughs> Which but, is all true. Everything does suck yeah. and the world is ending. But, but, there, but yes. at the same time, th- there's all these amazing things yeah. happening. And like yeah. we have met with some resistance and people that we've that have been like really closed off to it and being like, no. And like that's been interesting yeah. where it's like, oh, OK. But that just kind of is very telling to see where that person is mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it surprises people sometimes. And some of the things that come out of it are just like beautiful. And it's yeah. like, it brings you to another level with sometimes strangers or yes. like friends. Like uh, one time on a plane before too, uh, I was with a man. I forget where I was traveling now, but he had said, like I shared my grateful time was that, you know, I could, I had yummy food and that my body could like digest the food. I don't know why I was on that kick. Like maybe I had been on unwell before this. And he said like my wife has a feeding tube like she does not get to enjoy food so the mm. fact that you're actually mm. being aware of how much of a gift it is that you can actually wow. sit and he said like going to restaurants or going to like social events it's usually centered around food so she doesn't get to enjoy that so it was actually like torture for her so he was just mind blown and i that was like an intuitive thing i didn't mm. even think mm. about why i shared that but it was so impactful to him to be like fuck like mm. it's good that you're grateful like 
pay attention to that you know mm-hmm. what i mean and like for me with my ms and stuff like people i say about my body like that it's working today or whatever it may be mm-hmm. but like some days it's fucking hard when i'm in a lot yeah. of pain or when i'm like my left hand is not working and it's throwing my toothbrush across the room when i'm brushing <laughs> my teeth right i'm just like fuck but you have to find those things that you're grateful for in that moment and it mm-hmm. challenges you like you said like it, you're like fuck what am i grateful for mm-hmm. you know like sometimes it's just like i have a clean water to drink you know what i mean like yeah. i'm just like just, just look around basic. Really, really just like look around the table and be like this yeah, yeah there's, yes, i mean the, my back. You know, this, yeah. this marker yeah um yeah, yeah. i the, know th- i know there's probably more but i i'm really conscious of of the time um because we we have a we gotta we gotta run Mm -hmm. but um i again i'm feeling i'm feeling this conversation so hard and i could i could Mm -hmm. keep going if if it wasn't for that how are you feeling yeah i was i was just about to wrap it up (laughs) i I jumped the gun i was going over the natural wrap-up but yeah yeah um uh yes if if we have two minutes, okay. yeah. um, the last thing that we wanted to share is this practice, uh, or it's a game, and it's called Hot Seat. And so the way it works, and we, we experienced this when we were at this festival intention, and it's very opening. It's very highly vulnerable. Um, and so you set a timer for two minutes, and someone volunteers to be on the hot seat, and everyone around them rapid fires them questions any questions it could be what's your favorite color it could be what's your greatest fear and you have to answer Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to mind and you do it for two minutes two minutes sounds like a long time it goes by quickly Mm -hmm. um so i don't know if you guys are interested oh i'm down let's do it do you want to do you want to be the one on the hot seat i would love to sit in the hot seat look i got two minutes already in the timer for us we've played this recently (laughs) okay ready ready what's the thing you love most about yourself my uh, uh oh god uh, my personality. What do you think happens when you die? Uh, we transition into a realm that uh, we currently have no way of comprehending. What's your favorite flavor? Uh, uh, Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Sorry, I guess that's vanilla. I don't really know what that flavor is. Sugar. <laughs> yeah. What do you want done with your remains? Uh, I want them uh, uh, given to... I I want them put to use. Put them to use. What's your relationship with your father like? Right now, um, uh, not great. Uh, No, you know what? Right right now, uh, I'm just just, like frustrated with him. But generally, pretty pretty damn good. How could it be improved? Uh, Me getting over the fact that he fucked up and cheated on my mom. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. What's your biggest childhood trauma? Uh, finding out that I have a, a life-limiting illness. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do before you die? Uh, go to Japan. What's the thing you want to change about yourself? Improve? Uh, my negative self-talk. Mm. What's your hottest moment of 2019 so far? Hottest moment of 2019 so far? Uh, uh, hot, uh, hottest moment of 2019 so far. Or the first one that comes to mind. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Having a good year. Uh, dancing to Mac DeMarco with my girlfriend while the acid started to hit. Woo! This is a hot moment. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, pair of pants? The ones that I'm wearing right now that I really, I only have one pair of pants. Really. <laughs> What's your nickname for your junk? Oh, God. Uh, I don't. 
I don't think I ever ever had one. I've never I've never named my car or my my dick. Well, Thank you for it. sharing. That was our two minutes. Jeez. Thank you for sharing. That, that was, was awesome. That was fun. We should do that on the show. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can borrow it. I like it. Yeah. Totally. Remember us. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for coming in. This really means a lot. And uh, thank you all so much at home for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week as we always are. But in the meantime, go over to Apple Podcasts. Hit the subscribe button. Rate. Review. Preferably a five-star rating. I'm, but whatever. That's just a suggestion. Uh, and if you want to support us in other ways, which... Um, is very valuable to us and allows us to get across the country and come see you fine folks wherever you live. Uh, go to patreon.com slash turn me on. Turn me on. Nice. Thanks Nailed for it. having us yes, and so go much. out there and fuck your friends. Yes. Yeah. Go fuck your friends. Yes. I, I agree. Until next week. Until yes. next week. Fuck your friends and come back and tell us about it. Go <laughs> fuck. Yeah. That's it. Until next week, fuck your friends <laughs> and go fuck yourself. <laughs> Sweet. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.